Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Oh, the day of Pentecost, they were all in one accord, waiting for the promise of the Spirit of the Lord. One hundred and twenty gathered in one place, fervently prayed for the Spirit of grace. When suddenly there came a sound of rushing mighty wind, the Holy Ghost began to be poured out upon all men. <laughs> this is there, spoken by the prophet Joel. This is there, spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days I pour out my spirit, save the Lord. that I'm living in the days that he is pouring out his spirit. This is Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Good evening. It's 8.06 Mountain Time. We're starting right now. Tell It Like It Is radio show. People already texting. Thank you. If you want to be part of the program, best way is to text me, 701-290-7862, or you can email me, robertsimons58 at gmail.com. And just giving a shout-out to some that have already already uh, texted me this morning. Let's see. We've got Brother Griffith was the first. He uh, texted me a few minutes ago and was really um, really uh, giving us some nice compliments about our program last week with Brother Jones on the show. Brother Jones uh, is now an evangelist that travels and preaches. We had tremendous services while he was here. Did a great job on the radio, too. I thought, but we, um, last Sunday, tremendous service. Found out later there was at least one very notable healing in that service. Plus, um, we had services Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and uh, heard of uh, reports of other great things, um, uh, some that refilled with the Holy Ghost and just good, good stuff. We had really good. In fact, um, 
not sure if brother sometimes brother jones listens we've got a bunch of young people that are excited to have him come back we've got see who else is listening we've got um sister marin listening and and yvonne down in bowman we've got um let's see who who else do we have people are texting in a lot of people now uh we we've got uh brother luna listening with annabelle and cedric they're listening and nice to have them listening today. We've got uh, the Willis family listening. Um, let's see, are Henry and Harrison listening tonight? Do they get excited when I say their name on the radio? Tim in North Carolina, I'd like to meet him someday. He's listening. He texts me every once in a while, pretty often, actually, just to let me know he's listening. Thank you so much. You can text me, 701-290-7862. I did, uh, Brother Luna asked me if I brought him a guitar in the uh, studio, I did. Do you really like my singing, or are you just trying to make me feel good? That's what I want to know. Let me sing you a song, Brother Luna. This is a ballad. I love ballads, and um, I love Bible ballads, of course. This is a Bible ballad about a very big man that met his fate at the hands of a young man named David. I'd heard the rumors a hundred times before. This time it was different, and then I knew for sure. Goliath stood before me. He was a giant among men. And every fear I'd ever had was embodied all in him. His eyes were full of fire, hatred running wild. He was Satan's champion, but I was Israel's child. A thousand eyes upon us from a thousand frightened men. But as he raised his mighty spear, I knew his life would end. I said, Goliath, you are mighty, but you cannot win this war. When the one who stands before you is standing in the Lord. All the power and the glory, they're mine in Jesus' name. And Goliath, in this hour, you'll be the next giant slain. I raise my sling towards heaven. And I whirled at God's command The stone was charged with lightning As I felt it leave my hand And every now and then When giants come my way I call upon the Lord of Lords Turn to them and say I say, Goliath, you are mighty, but you cannot win this war. When the one who stands before you is standing in the Lord. All the power and the glory are mine in Yahweh's name. And Goliath, in this hour, you'll be the next giant. Goliath. You are mighty, but you cannot win this war. When the one who stands before you, standing in the Lord. All the power and the glory are mine in Jesus' name. And Goliath, in this hour, you'll be the next giant slain. Tonight, that's kind of an introduction to my program. We're going to talk about something I spoke about in our church service today, and I do feel um, I do feel that um, very strongly about my topic tonight. Mark chapter sixteen, verses fifteen through eighteen. Uh, we've got what part of what is called the Great Commission here. It would be, uh, just as a point of interest, some Bible versions have taken out these verses 
for the simple reason that they don't want to believe them. Tell you what, just let me say this. Rather than change the Bible to meet your belief, why don't you change your beliefs to meet the Bible? That seems to make a little more sense, doesn't it? Because trying to take words out of the Word of God so it fits into your teaching is not a good idea. Mark sixteen fifteen, he said unto them, Go ye into all the world. Jesus is speaking here. Preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall recover. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Many of these, in these verses, we've spoken over the years about many of these things. I want to talk about something tonight that I haven't spoken about much, but I want to just zero in on verse 18 where it said that these new believers, us, of course, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Now, we don't go around tempting God. We don't try to drink poison. We don't try to pick up snakes. I've heard of foolish people that that think that somehow they're proving they've got the Holy Spirit by doing that. That's foolishness. Uh, It doesn't even make sense. One thing about God, he makes sense, too. He does. Uh, God, God, things of God make sense. And that doesn't make any sense. You don't let rattlesnakes bite you to try to prove you have the Holy Ghost. That doesn't even make sense. But Jesus was saying that if it should happen, that I'll protect you from it. Now, that seems kind of odd to talk about because we aren't in our culture. Now, if you're listening to me from outside of Dickinson, North Dakota tonight, that's where I'm broadcasting live from here at this AM radio station. Um, It's uh, April 2nd, uh, 2023, and you can listen to this on podcast later. Right now I'm live, though, if you're listening this way. But, you know, even in Dickinson, North Dakota, western North Dakota, where we do have quite a few rattlesnakes, I was just talking to one of my grandsons just before I came into the studio, and he said he probably kills five of them a year, you know, maybe ten, just depends. Sometimes there's more, sometimes there's less. He just hits them in the head with a rope. That's, that's how he kills them. He must be a pretty good shot with that rope. But for the most part, we don't worry much about serpents um, anymore. Now, I'm going to tell you worldwide, there are still approximately 138,000 people that die every year from from a uh, snake bite or a serpent bite. In fact, in India alone, there are 45,000 people that die every year from that, um, from a serpent or a venomous creature. The um, I, I was teasing our church today in church. We've had one of the worst winters, if not the worst winter, in the history of western North Dakota out here. And I'm thinking, I still think I'd rather have this winter than some of those creatures in some of those other places. Um, I might put up with a blizzard and not have to put up with a blue-ringed octopus, for instance. The blue-ringed octopus is a little creature. It's a little octopus about the size of a golf ball, and it has enough venom inside of it to kill 26 humans within minutes. The, The poison it has is called tetrodotoxin, and tetrodotoxin is a thousand times more poisonous than cyanide. Um, when this creature gets aggravated, it flashes blue. That's why it's called the blue-ringed octopus. And, uh, in fact, the reason I know anything about it at all, just recently I was reading in the news that one woman was bitten twice in her stomach and she lived, which was, they were pretty amazed by that. This, um, they're a painless bite, I guess, but within 20 minutes up to 24 hours, if they don't put you on a ventilator, you're going to die because your muscles uh, go haywire, and the muscles that you breathe with go haywire, and uh, you'll end up suffocating to death if you're bitten by a blue-ringed octopus, both poisonous and venomous. So they're they're poisonous. You don't want to touch it. It'll kill you even to touch it. You can get a lethal dose of the, of the poison, the venom, or the, I guess it would be poison at that point, even in the touch. You certainly want, wouldn't want to cook one of those up for dinner. And then it's not only poisonous, but 
venomous also because its sting or its bite is uh, it's a terrible little creature in some ways. Blue-ringed octopus. I was also reading about the um, uh, Komodo dragon, which is found in just a, just a few islands. Really, it's not it's not a creature that's very far spread. This is a this is a, a very aggressive. 300 up to 300 pound lizard uh like a dinosaur really it is a dinosaur dinosaurs are just big lizards um but this this dragon is is just a, a tremendously powerful creature and it it um its mouth is so filthy that it has bacteria it will give you a bacterial infection that will kill you paralyze you cause blindness plus they just found out by studying this thing that it even produces a potent um, uh, venom, also. So it it also is, um, you know, it it'll kill you both ways. It's got its own venom and a bacterial because it doesn't brush its teeth. It's got a bacterial venom, and it's it's um, it's it's poison is more potent than any snake, pretty much around. Now, I read you a scripture where Jesus said that they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And tonight I want to just use these verses, and even though I say most of us here in America don't worry about serpents and dragons, <clears throat> but there is another old serpent and a dragon the Bible talks about. Revelation 12 and 9 says, And that great dragon, and the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. Revelation 20 and verse 2 also calls um, Satan a great dragon and a serpent. We know from 1 Peter chapter 5 and 8, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil. We have an adversary, and uh, we know even from the Garden of Eden he was a serpent. And... Um, and so we we understand that there's another serpent at loose in this world. Good news is we have victory over him also. And I want to talk about this tonight. What I'm going to do this radio show on tonight is that this serpent, Satan, or this dragon, uses poison to make us sick and poison to kill us. Some of it kills us physically. Some of us kills it, you know, in our sense of our spiritual lives. Text me tonight, 7 says resist the devil and he will have to flee Satan get behind me yes I've had it up to here with all of those low down games you play Satan get behind me well I might have been afraid before but that was yesterday I got the shield of faith I got the helmet of salvation
with Matthew 4 verse 10 And it says Satan get behind me Pastor Bob the Tell It Like It Is radio show And just some of you texting in Good to have you Brother Jones is listening We have Brother Johnson listening um, Just glad to have everybody listening tonight We're talking about serpents and dragons tonight more on the spiritual side than on the physical side satan is a serpent and he's a dragon and he is very poisonous and venomous Uh, you don't want to play with him and you don't want him to bite you and he uses poison and venom to spiritually maim us and even to spiritually kill us i want to talk about some of the types of venom and I, this is what if you're if you were in church today, this is going to be very similar to what I talked about in church. But I felt to talk about it tonight on the radio program. Also, Satan, this old serpent, this old dragon, he uses deceit. Number one, he uses deceit. That's a poison that he has. Deceit is one of his most powerful weapons. If he can get you to believe a lie. If he can get you to believe uh, that the Bible isn't true, for instance, or get you to believe that uh, all of the Bible's not true, or if he can get you to to believe your church doctrinal statement versus the Scripture, he can start to work against you. Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians 11 and 3, but I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Um, Brother Johnson told me, just texted me and said, God makes sense. And it was I know he was saying that based on a comment I had just made earlier, but there is a simplicity that is in Christ. And sometimes Satan tries to make it sound so complicated. I taught this morning in our in our adult uh, Bible class, the one that I'm teaching on, it's it's a, just a basic Bible class. This lesson was on that God is one. That is so simple, but the devil through theologians has tried to muddy the waters, and it's not muddy at all. There's only one God, the Father, the Bible says. The Father is the only God there is. And the Bible said God, the Father, because that's the only God there is, was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. In John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Of course, that's God the Father. Well, what does that mean? The Word is not a separate person any more than the Word that you're hearing tonight on this radio show is not any separated from who's speaking it. You know, I had a lady today in Sunday school said, I've always been confused by John chapter 1, and I said, well, you're getting ready to get it explained to you right now. And I said, in this class is Bob, and Bob's Word and there's Bob and, and the word of Bob, I said. I said, and the same was, they're, they're the same. Bob's word and Bob are the same, and God's word and God are the same. Same. They're not separate persons. They're just God speaking. But anyway, I just brought that up to tell you, it's simple, but the devil twists it around and gets people thinking there are three separate and distinct persons in God. The Bible doesn't say that. There's only, God's only one. He's only one, and that, that God is a spirit, God the Father is a spirit, the Holy Spirit is a spirit, and the spirit that was in Christ was God the Father. Got it. But you see, Satan is a deceiver, and he uses the poison, this serpent, this dragon uses the poison of deceit. It's time to stop listening to his lies and his half-truths. Satan's good at half-truths. They sound right, but there's something that's wrong. You know, you, you might you might um, belong to a church organization that tells you that baptism is part of salvation. That sounds right, but then they baptize you wrong. They they sprinkle you as a baby, which is not baptism. The word baptism means to immerse. That's what it means. And then they misunderstand Matthew twenty eight nineteen, where Jesus said, "Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost." And we understand by what the apostles did and what they understood that to mean, they baptized in the name of Jesus Christ or the name of the Lord Jesus. You see, don't stop at a half-truth. 
2 Corinthians 10 and 5 says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Don't let the devil use the poison of deceit on you. Don't let the devil use the poison of pride on you. Now, all of these poisons are very difficult because many times people don't even realize that they've been injected with the poison. They don't. Satan's bite sometimes is not noticeable. It doesn't seem noticeable. Just like that, that blue-ringed uh, octopus that I talked about, it said its bite is painless. You don't even know it bit you. And within 20 minutes to 24 hours, you're dead, unless, unless you're full of the Holy Ghost or you can get to the hospital. You know, pride is like that. Deceit is like that. When you're deceived, you don't know you're deceived. That's the whole idea of being deceived. You're not knowingly deceived. You see, all of these snake bites, the only remedy I have is doing what I'm doing right now, and that's preaching the Word of God and bringing light to the darkness. Pride. Jeremiah thirteen fifteen. this happened to be my pastor, Pastor David Walters, I think one of his go-to scriptures. He liked it. He liked, there's a certain humor to it, kind of. But it says this, Hear ye, give ear, be not proud, for the Lord hath spoken. <laughs> In other words, don't be proud, because I say so. That's what God says. And then it goes on to say, Give glory to the Lord your God before he cause darkness. Your know-it-all attitude will bring you to spiritual darkness. It's a it's a form of venom that Satan uses to, to uh, destroy people. Satan himself was destroyed through pride. You know, pride uh, is, a, is, a, is a terrible thing. It, pride is, it, it justifies itself. Pride thinks it's better than everybody else. Pride, uh, it was what destroyed a king named Nebuchadnezzar. Pride. God, the Bible says God hates pride. He hates a proud look. I heard a preacher say it, scared me. He said there's something out there that can cause God to hate that which he desperately desires to love. Think about that. There's something out there that could cause God to hate that which he desperately desires to love. And that thing is pride. It's the original sin. It's the reason for hell. The the reason there's a hell is because of pride. I believe that. And it's a poison that Satan uses. Becoming a big shot, becoming a big wheel, becoming smarter than everybody around you, smarter than God. Years ago, I went to visit a lady at a psych ward. She's a very intelligent lady. Very educated lady. And I looked at her and I was talking to her and I said, you know, I called her by name and I said, I said, you're probably smarter than most of the people that work in the psych ward. And she looked at me and she said, I am. I said, you're, you're probably smarter than me. And she didn't say anything. I said, but you know what? You're in the psych ward and I'm not. Your pride will bring you to destruction. It'll bring you down low. It's a poison. Pride is a poison. And it's one of the poisons, one of the venoms that Satan will bite you with. And you don't have to be rich. You don't have to be famous to be proud. You can have nothing and be proud. I picked up a hitchhiker one time, tried to help him. He knew more than anybody else. He got so mad at me, he wanted me to drop him off and let him keep walking. You know, you can have nothing and be proud. You can have nothing and think you know everything. When the Bible says you might not know anything. Humility, really, 
is the very beginning. Because humility means I'm ready to listen. I'm ready to learn. You know, there there is a... Let me, let me play a song here. I better look at... See, text me tonight, 701-290-7862. What should I play? A song on my guitar? I got, a, I got one lined up here. Let me think. Here's a song my daughter and I used to sing. Let me try it here. Uh, let's see how does it go. Yeah, I think this is how it goes. Let me try it. I'll try it. I better sing it lower because I'm squeaking tonight. Got my really expensive ovation guitar in the studio. Let me tell you a story that you probably heard. <laughs> and at the risk of being redundant, gonna tell you something that may not thrill you, but it could not hurt. Well, it comes out of the sacred writing of the Israelites. It's the story of David, how he slew Goliath. Well, the king of his country didn't trust in him much. And so to David's alarm, he tried to put him in his armor, but the thing was so heavy, David couldn't stand up. So he left it by the river, where he gathered five smooth stones. Guess it's safe to say he figured he wasn't going out alone. Not alone in what trouble or giants, what's wrong with being small? <coughs> what trouble or giants, what's wrong with being small? bigger they come, you know, the harder they fall when you're fighting for Zion and you're on the Lord's side. Think you're going to find ain't no trouble at all. Well, there must have been some laughter among the Philistines <laughs> at the sight of this scrawny little shepherd coming out to meet the record-breaking mammoth of a man who was a killing machine. But it didn't stop David, because he was smart enough to know, oh, more the size of who you put your faith in than the size of your foe. Whoa, whoa, and what trouble are giants? What's wrong with being small? Bigger they come, you know, the harder they fall when you're fighting for Zion and you're on the Lord's side. Think you're going to find ain't no trouble at all. What trouble are giants? What's wrong with being small? Bigger they come, you know, the harder they fall when you're fighting for Zion on the Lord's side. Think you're going to find me, no trouble at all. What trouble are giants? No trouble at all. Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio show coming to you live April 2nd, 2023. And uh, thank you for the uh, texting. Brother Luna, he always says, yes, sing. Hey, Brother Luna, you make me feel good. You make me feel good. I had a little boy one time I was singing in church. He stood up in a pew and plugged both of his ears with his fingers. Well, that took away a lot of my confidence. We're talking about serpents and dragons, and especially this one called Satan, and how he uses poison to paralyze us. He uses poison to maim us. He uses poison to kill us spiritually and physically. We talked about his poison of deceit, his poison of pride, his poison, number three, of worldliness. The Bible says, love not the world or the things in this world. Notice it says things. Only thing you're supposed to love in this world is people. Love God, love people, that's it. Don't love things, that's a dead-end street. Don't, don't love success, don't love your money, don't love your possessions, don't love your, your automobiles. You know, that worldliness is a poison that Satan is is uh, very much in our culture has used to keep people away, take people away from God. You know, consuming entertainments are is worldliness. Our careers can be worldliness. You laying awake at night just thinking about how to make another dollar. You know, laying awake at night thinking about your entertainment, playing your video games till the wee hours of the morning. But we can't take time to pray or even go to church. I have known people that have got addicted to video games that have quit coming to church. Can't make it there anymore. Can't even wake up on Sunday. 
morning. They don't all start out evil. Now, I think those things are all a waste of time, but they don't all start out evil. Our careers are not evil. Jesus said that the uh, cares of this life, Luke twenty-one thirty-four, take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting, drunkenness, cares of this life, so that that day comes upon you unaware. You know, you, we can get so caught up in this world that we can't even pay attention in church. One of the things that really saddens me is when I see people in church talking and playing with the children and um, just completely oblivious to what's going on. Sometimes in church I'll even call their names if they're doing that. So if you go to our church in Dickinson and I call your name, maybe you weren't paying paying attention and I as I said in church what does that teach our children teaches them that you don't really want to be there you know this 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 poison of worldliness paralyzes people spiritually this poison of worldliness gets us sidetracked Exodus 20 and verse 3 thou shalt have no other gods before me That's why addictive substances are evil, because they're God replacers. God wanted to be our addiction. God wanted to be that we would be excited to pray, excited about his word, excited to serve him, excited to go to church. But instead, people that are addicted are excited to get high. If you want to, if you want to, I've said it for years, I'll say it again, but if you want to learn, if you want to know how you're supposed to serve the one true God, watch an alcoholic drink because that's the devotion that God wants from you. He's sneaking away drinking. He's, he's, he's willing to lose everything for his God of Jack Daniels or, or whatever. You see, that's, that's why addiction, addictive substances, God's against them because you, they're God replacers. And this kind of poison is one of the ways Satan uses to destroy people physically, but also spiritually. You know, the sexual temptations. On Wednesday nights, I've been doing a series on standards of holiness. And I'll be coming up to the one here next that I teach on on fornication. But fornication will destroy you. The Apostle Paul said every other sin is done outside the body, but fornication is a sin against a person's own body. He took all sins and put them in one category. And sexual sin, he said, is different than all the rest of them because it will destroy you, your body not only with venereal diseases, but I believe that sexual sin and that sex outside of the marriage between one man and one woman, God designed sex. It was his idea, and he made it good. There's nothing dirty about sex, but he said it's got to be in marriage. And, of course, we understand, everybody knows, marriage is between a man and a woman, one, for life. That's the way marriage was designed by God. Sex within that those confines is great. It's wonderful. God's idea. But outside of that, it will destroy you, and I have watched it. I'm 64 years old now. I, I, I'm not, you know, I don't, like I say, I don't think I've got a high IQ. I don't think I'm uh, the smartest guy on the, on the block. But I will tell you this, I have made observations over these years that I've been alive, and I know, I know that people struggle. I know God in the born-again experience, God can restore, he can renew, but fornication unhinges the mind. It does. You know, this, this, um, and so these are the poisons Satan has. You know, he's got deceit, he's got pride, he's got worldliness, he's got bitterness, number four. Bitterness 
has a child that I'll call self-pity. Hebrews 12 and 15 says, Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. So you people that don't believe that you can fail, that you, you believe once you're saved, you're always saved, read Hebrews 12 and 15 plus the rest of the Bible. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. This bite of bitterness usually comes, not always, but it comes when people are hurt. Sometimes you can feel the bite. I'm talking about serpents and dragons tonight, and you can feel this bite. People are hurt. Sometimes it's childhood hurts. Sometimes it hurts when you're older. Sometimes it has nothing to do with hurt. You just want to feel sorry for yourself. There are bitter people that don't have much to be bitter about, and there are bitter people that have all kinds of things to be bitter about, and and there are pastors that are going to go to hell because they're bitter. Bitterness can can you know what? Um, I'm not I'm not I'm going to just digress here, and maybe I shouldn't, but but um, I never really had my feelings hurt until I became a pastor. Somebody said one time, if any pastors go to heaven, it'll be a miracle. Well, I don't believe that. And I, and I like being a pastor. I'm not, I'm not complaining really. But if I, if I go to hell because of my bitterness and say, God, well, you know, it's hard to be a pastor. There's no excuse. There's no excuse that's going to work for that. This, this bite of bitterness, this poison of bitterness is one of the most difficult things to overcome. The anti-venom, I'm convinced, for bitterness is divine. I've tried to help people that are full of bitterness. I know the Burlings are listening to me. Hello to the Burlings. They're pastors. Um, you know, I've, I've, I, you, I'm sure you have too. I've tried to help people with bitterness. And instead of helping them, they get angry with me, even quit coming to church. I'm to the point now where I, when it comes to bitterness, I'm just going to pray and I'm going to fast, and I'm going to ask God to do do a miracle. Because this poison of bitterness is a terrible thing. And I can diagnose it pretty quickly because it, when somebody is poisoned with bitterness, it comes out of their mouth. And that poison of bitterness is infectious. So it's kind of like being bitten by a very venomous serpent and all of a sudden now you become venomous and through your mouth you start infecting other people that's what hebrews twelve fifteen says thereby many be defiled only god can fix it and when i say only god can fix it he can fix it by preaching but if this oh man i, I should do a whole program on it some night but this type of thing even in the preaching, if you start to think the preacher's talking about you, it'll make you more bitter yet. Sometimes this bitterness can only be handled by the Word of God directly or maybe by an angel or or maybe by you just accidentally listen. Maybe tonight, I don't know you, you don't know me, you're in Dickinson listening, you're in the bathtub listening to the AM radio right now, you're full of bitterness, it's coming out of your mouth. Maybe I can help you, because I don't even know you. But it's one of the poisons that Satan uses, and then after you're bitter, you have a baby called self-pity, and that self-pity will destroy you and every relationship that you have. Well, I'm going to take a break before I get to my last poison. Here's a song we'll sing. I've got, oh, i got about 20 minutes tonight if I stretch it. Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is show, 701-290-7860. I can taste the fruit of evil. I'm aware of sickness, death, and disease. The results of her choices are vast Eve was the first, but she wasn't the last And if I were honest with myself 
Good to have you with us every Sunday night, 8.06 Mountain Time. We come on the airwaves for an hour, and we are also picked up on the Internet, so some of you are listening from different places. It it really does encourage me to um, hear of people that listen every week, people that I've never met that say they listen all the time, That people that never call in. I, I hear that they tell other people. That, that kind of keeps me going. It really does. Um, I... Uh, I enjoy speaking. I, I enjoy preaching. I uh, I'm honored that people would listen to me. I, I really am. I don't really like to listen to myself, like a recording or something, because it. I don't know. It's just I, I I love listening to really polished preachers too that just are real good orators. I know I'm not exactly that, but I will tell you this: before I beat myself up too bad, I do know that the stuff I talk about makes sense to me. And I got a feeling it, it makes sense to some other people too. And if I'm ever on my, at my funeral, if they accuse me of being too simple, I'm like, I don't think that's so bad. We're talking about that old serpent, that old dragon, Satan, and the poison that he uses. How we need to, this program is about warning you and also that we have an anti venom. The fifth kind of poison I just want to mention is doubt and its twin sister, fear. Uh, this uh, people have had their faith poisoned. They have had their faith die. Uh, my friend Mike Woods, pastor of the Jamestown Church, said at a minister's training we were at on Friday, he said the four most important words Jesus ever spoke were in Mark eleven twenty two: have faith in God. You need to protect that. You need to guard that. You need to, uh, you need to, you know, the, we need to guard our faith. Ephesians 2 and 8 says that faith was a gift from God. He's given it to us by His grace. You need to guard that gift. You need to take care of that gift. You can't take credit for a gift, but I'll tell you this, you can take the blame if you 
let it go to, to pot. If your daddy bought you a car, uh, a really nice car, you can't go to school and take credit for paying for it for yourself. But I'll tell you this, if you don't check the oil and you don't take care of it, in a few years that car will be worth nothing. And God, our Father, has given us our faith. We need to guard it. We need to take care of it. And Satan is trying to poison and use his venom to destroy people's faith, their faith in God, their faith in the Bible. Sometimes bad things happen to good people, and their faith is shaken. I've got some friends right now going through some stuff. Uh, it's, It's hard to, sometimes hard to figure out what God's doing, I'll tell you that. I think he's got big shoulders. I think we can talk to him about it. But don't you damage your faith. Don't let Satan poison your faith. Just feel like hanging out there for a few minutes. You know, don't don't and and you know, don't let this so-called science damage your faith in the Bible. The the science says this, the science says that. They're changing their mind every few years. What are they going to be saying tomorrow? I don't know, but the Word of God is going to say the same thing it said yesterday, tomorrow, and today. You know, I there was a there was a uh, young man that went to our Bismarck Church in his in graduate school and college. He lost his faith in the Bible. I guess he's an agnostic or atheist now. His reason he lost his faith was that there are trees in the world that that look like they're older than what the creation story could have been. Well, number one, we don't understand exactly the timing of all that. If you think you do, you, you can have your theory. Um, there's a couple other good Bible theories out there. But number two, who says that God didn't build those trees to look like they were 3,000 years old already? Do you think he just created little saplings? I don't. I mean, do you, do you think that, that oil in the ground, I believe that was created when God made the world just so we could use it today. That's what I believe. I'm not going to let science damage my faith. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose to believe the Word of God. Call me ignorant, call me a fool, and I'm just going to call you sad and lonely. The Word of God brings joy to my life. The Word of God brings peace and hope to my life. And your science that says you're going to be dead and you're going to be nothing, you're just going to go back into the earth from whence you came and be forgotten, go ahead and believe that. Works okay when you're under 40. Go ahead and believe that when you're telling your son who's dying of leukemia, well, son, there's no heaven. Guess we'll never see each other again. Have a good day. Go ahead and believe that. I'm going to keep believing this. Anyway, that's a different show, too. Let me give you a little hope here. You know, we we don't need to be touching, as I said at the start of the program, whether it's a physical snake or serpent or a dragon. I'm not going to go try to pet a Komodo dragon. I'm not going to go play with a blue-ringed octopus. And God doesn't want us playing with these evil things either. He wants us to stay away from them. The Bible doesn't want us to play with serpents. That's why these crazy people out there that try to pick up a rattlesnake to prove they've got the Holy Spirit. Folks, if, if, you, if I don't think so, but if you're going to a church like that, get out of it as fast as you can. Like I heard one preacher say, he, he said that he was accidentally visiting a church like that. They brought out the rattlesnakes, and he asked the pastor, do you have a back door? And he said, no. He goes, where would you like one? <laughs> I'm going to get out of here quick. That's foolishness, and it's sin, and it gives the gospel a bad name, and um, and it's part of Satan's desire to just discredit God. But on the other hand, don't play with other kinds of spiritual serpents and dragons either. The Bible mentions plenty times in the Bible, in the New Testament, the word flee, F-L-E-E. We need a good case of the fleas. Flee fornication. Flee youthful lust. Flee idolatry. Flee from the love of money. 
That's just a few. So intentionally stay away from it. But if you do run into a serpent or a dragon, we've got power. Even if it bites you. We have, if you are full of the Holy Ghost, you have a built-in anti-venom. And if you have the Word of God on your side, this also is an anti-venom. Luke chapter 10 and verse 19, Jesus said, and it's part of a discourse that he's talking, but he said, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Here again, don't be foolish, but we didn't close our church services down because we might catch COVID. We just walked in faith. You know, you know, folks, we're going to die from something. You know, even, even uh, the people Jesus raised from the dead, when he was alive, they died later. You know, you know, we're part of, this world is to die. Don't be afraid of these things. Jesus said, I'm giving you power. Power over the power of the enemy. There are animals that snake bite doesn't work on. Hedgehogs, honey badgers, opossums are known to be immune from serpent bite. And one of the most famous of all is the mongoose. The mongoose takes on just about any snake. This little little rodent-looking thing will take on the most powerful of snakes and kill it. And its bite is immune to the mongoose. So not only do we have defense against this old serpent, and this old dragon. But I believe that we can go on the offensive also. Part of the reason I'm speaking about this tonight is I read, I read a um, uh, news article this week about a little boy in India named Deepak, eight years old. Now, this is kind of an amazing story, but this little boy, um, he, uh, he got bit by a cobra, a poisonous, venomous, I'm trying to use the right words here, because some things are poisonous and some things are venomous. And this cobra, of course, was venomous. And this cobra bit this boy and inflicted quite a bit of pain. He was eight years old. And the cobra was wrapped around his arm, and he couldn't get it off his arm. But when that cobra bit that boy, that little boy, Deepak, he's eight years old, he got mad. And the news article said he bit back. He bit that snake in retaliation for biting him and also that it wouldn't let go of his arm, and he killed the snake. Did you read that in the news? Isn't that neat? You know, we have the anti-venom, and we also have the power. To, to tread on serpents, scorpions. Have the confidence that until it's our time to be taken out, we're not going to be taken out. How many times do you think a Holy Ghost believer has accidentally drank something poisonous and never even knew about it? Lots of times. Lots of times. We have power. Well, Pastor Bob is the pastor of the New Life Pentecostal Church. You know what? I have been negligent to to announce that throughout the service. Our address is 501 Elks Drive, Dickinson, North Dakota. One of the reasons I'm on the air every Sunday night is to invite you to our church. This Sunday, which will be Easter Sunday, we're having one service only. It's going to be at 11 o'clock. So this Sunday is one service, 11 o'clock. Now, we have other services throughout the week, Tuesday night in Beach, North Dakota, 7.30. Wednesday night in Dickinson, North Dakota at 501 Elks Drive, 7.30. We have planned to have a special speaker Wednesday night, Gilbert Pearson, 
He's a evangelist that's just coming through Dickinson, supposed to be speaking at our church. On um, Wednesday nights, the Bowman Church has service at 7.30 at 18 North Main. Sunday mornings, Beach, Bowman, and Dickinson have church. And so we'd love to have you come and visit us. We also have church services in Williston, uh, Beulah, Bismarck, Mandan, Minot, uh, all over this area. We'd love to have you come. We'd love to, to meet you. I'm going to close our service with prayer tonight. Uh, this number that I've been giving is my cell phone number, 701-290-7862. You can um, reach me that way. The um, I didn't get a chance to read all the texts tonight, but uh, thank you so much for being part of the program. That way, Lord Jesus, tonight, I pray for our listening audience. God, I we're not, uh, we're not unaware of Satan's devices. God, I, I pray that you've given us this anti-venom, Lord, through your your spirit and your word. Lord, help us to overcome uh, these, these, these things, uh, whether it be pride, whether it be doubt, whether it be bitterness, worldliness, um, God, any of uh, uh, deceit. Lord, help us, God, just to be strong in the Lord. I, I pray for our listening audience. Lord, if they've not experienced the Acts 2.38 message of repentance water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. That, Lord, that their interest would be sparked even when I said those words, God, that something will, there'll be a, something that will latch onto their spirit and, and they'll realize that this is what they need to do. Tonight I just pray in the name of Jesus. Well, thank you for listening. And uh, we, we do have an enemy. He is out to destroy us. If you walk away from God, you're open game for Satan's Satan's terrible bite, his terrible venom. Venom. So don't don't walk away from God. Kind of an odd song to end the program tonight. This is called. This is by Billy McCool. High cost of low living. With a bottle in his hand Another broken life Another wasted man He lost his home and family Two years ago in May That's the day he bought a heartache He can't afford to pay It's the high cost of low living Sin just keeps on taking when there's no more giving You're invested with the devil And you can't win for losing No one can afford This high cost of low living There's a rope around his neck He's about to take his life He sealed it with a kiss the cost was paradise Thirty silver pieces Bought him more than he could know He bought a one-way ticket To somewhere down below It's the high cost of low living Sin just keeps on taking When there's no more giving
Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.